Makuzo says, Orbs, you may have just spoken to Coconut Kel's grandma on that call. Kel's relatives are just everywhere these days. The other one called Eusebius yesterday. Hey, we must get Coconut Kel's in one of these days when I'm tutting. I'm enjoying her stuff. O double one eight eight three O seven O two or O two one double four six O five six seven. This is seven O two on Cape Talk. We're gonna be talking to Mtuduzi Lutuli, investment manager at Lutuli Capital. Mtuduzi, good evening to you, sir, and thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure talking to you. Are you well? Always a pleasure, Aubrey. Uh, I'm well, but I must say that uh, I'm lucky to be alive. After after last week's uh, oh, did you get the that, did you get the letters too? Yeah, we would have known that a passing comment, uh, the amount of emails I received. Jeez, uh, I touched a lot of people on this. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say up front, I'm not here to to pick a fight. It's a Friday night, yep. but uh, rather just to share with people the 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 sort of guidelines or rules that I use when I think that something yeah. is, is, is too good to be true. Because, look, it's a, it's a natural human instinct to want to be wealthy and to want to be wealthy as quickly as possible. Yeah. But um, there's no such thing as a free lunch. And like I always say, if it's too good to be true, you just need to step back, calm down, uh, look through the promise of... Um, being a billionaire in less than two years and, and just interrogate things. That's, yeah. that's, that's really the point yeah. I'm trying to make. It's just interrogate things and yeah. ask a few questions. And then after that, look, it's your money. And uh, if you still want to proceed, uh, it's still a free country. And yeah. feel free so to so this week, I, I had I had a great time deferring the anger and saying, no, no, I didn't say it wasn't a doozy. Who said all of that stuff about Bitcoin? I didn't say it. I'm too stupid to say anything about Bitcoin. But yes, I, I was quite frankly surprised at the anger, the ire, the kind of language that was used in um, your dis in the disagreement with what you had to say. Uh, but it was the yeah. anger, the the uh, the. It was very, very, very. What's the right? Asinine. It was very, very, very uh, scary to see some of the things that were being yeah. said by the people that uh, wrote. But as a principle, we still need to talk about the fact that people that want to become investors must be yeah. on the lookout for investments that look too good to be true. Let's talk about that as a principle. And by the way, join us as we have this conversation with um, Duduzi. We're talking about those investments that are just too good to be true. Uh, you've probably been bitten. I have. Um, you've probably been uh, a victim of some form of a scam. Uh, people with very, very beautiful uh, presentation skills coming to you and telling you that this is the way to go. Sometimes it's about their barber. Sometimes it is about their uncle who told them that tomatoes are the way to go and tomatoes are the future. Give us a call. If you've had that experience, give us a call. So, Mdu, what are the... What's the first thing that we need to be understanding about this reality? Yeah, like I said, you know, I can sort of understand some of the angry lashback from last week because money, money is a very personal, emotional thing, and uh, people always react emotionally. And everyone wants to make more money, and an opportunity to invest in something lucrative may sound like a great way to get money without having to work hard for it. 
Uh, but like I say, however, you need to investigate any investment opportunity very carefully. Investment scams are a special kind of fraud in which individuals pose as investment brokers or financial advisors or whatever they want to call themselves, and they try to get you to turn over your money to them. You need to know what signs to watch out for when these investment opportunities uh, in inverted commas uh, rise, and you then need to know how to investigate any offer and respond to suspected fraud. So today I just want to go through eight basic principles that I always just run through my head. Uh, just whenever I'm, because the funny thing, even as an investment manager, I get approached quite a lot by uh, potential investors who say, listen, I've got this new grant grant to invest money, make money, and they want me to act as their broker and then give them access to my clients. And obviously, I then have to say, is this something that I want to be involved in? Because even as an investment manager, I'll say up front, I'm not an expert in everything out there that's got to do with the investment world. There's certain things that I'm an expert on and there's certain things that I'm not an expert on. But there are certain guidelines that you can always run through. And really the first principle is what you can can use is be suspicious of, of cold calls. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every single cold call out there is a scam. It might be annoying, but it's not necessarily a scam. But rather be aware that most scammers are not going to wait for you to stumble upon them. Mm. They will reach out to you directly, either by telephone, email, door-to-door visits. These people are likely to look and sound professional, and they will try to get you to invest in some opportunity that you may you, that you may that you may have never heard of. Yes. So really, that's the first thing. When when someone just unsolicited. Uh, call, calls me or contacts me and says, I've got this fantastic opportunity for you. It's going to make you a lot of money. That's really the first red flag for me to be, to say, okay, let me be on my guard and let's hear what this is about. Mm, mm, mm. Sure. And then uh, carrying on, the the second principle yes. that I, I, I use is be very wary of high-pressure sales tactics, people trying to close you and close you now, you know? A reputable investor or financial advisor, investment manager should have plenty of business going on. So he or she should not need you to get it now or, you know, get it now, time now, lose out losing on this amazing deal. And while it's true that there may be some deals out there that could close or have a limited window, you should never feel pressured to jump into anything too quickly. A reputable investor should know that Financial investments last over time. It's something we harp on all the time, long-term investing. And anyone who's pressurizing you to invest your money immediately may be a scammer, and this should act as a red flag. If you are interested in something, I always say to people, take, uh, take some information from them and then investigate it. So don't let yourself be pressured into handing over your money or signing any investment deal right there and then. If you want to consider an offer, Take the individual's name, take the name, address, telephone number of the company that that individual represents or claims to represent, and as much detail as possible as you can about the investment opportunity. Then tell that person, listen, I will investigate the information and I will call you back if I'm interested. Because if you are pressured to decide, if you are pressured to decide immediately, just say no, because any legitimate deal, any legitimate deal should be around at least long enough for you to verify the information. Do the first and second principles that you've warned us about seem to be primarily about the 
presentation and approach to you as a possible investor. You haven't really gone into the content of the presentation. So you are basically warning that even the way that you are approached for a particular investment should be something that we uh, as potential investment investors uh, become uh, careful and wary about. We need to be um, vigilant about even how somebody approaches us. So uh, you're not necessarily saying that there's something wrong with a cold call on, 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 on the phone or somebody's showing urgency about a particular investment, but just be in a position to ask the questions that could be understood to be uncomfortable in that context. Ask them. And if you're not getting the right answers, then there's your, uh, there's your clue that you might be in for hiding, yeah? Exactly. Just give yourself just give yourself some space. When someone is coming at you and they're coming at you strong and they're trying to close you, just give yourself some breathing space. Allow yourself to to breathe and, and think this through because yeah. I always say to clients, you know, even if you even if you trust me and you give me your money you give me your money and you say, Do you manage my money? It's still your money. Yeah. It's still your money and you have to care and ensure that you take the due diligence and ensure you ask the right questions and understand what are the risks associated with, yeah. with this thing and go into it with a rational, calm mind. Don't be, don't be rushed and be attracted by the deal of the century. I always equate it to, you know, when you're growing up uh, and you'd hear there's this big party, there's this world-famous DJ playing, and you missed it and you think, oh, man, there's always another one. Yeah. There's always another one, and there's another one next month. And, don't ever be fooled when people say this is the deal of a lifetime. You've got to sign in now. Just give yourself some breathing room and trust your gut. Yeah, you know you yeah. really got to trust your gut. Especially when you're starting to feel you know, a little bit uncomfortable. I I had a very enthusiastic, very very uh, forthright and pushy uh, consultant, shall I say, for mm. a particular mm. multi-level multi-level. Uh, what are the multi-level? What are they called? Multi-level uh, marketing network. Marketing. I, I yeah. like the idea. Yeah. I really like network marketing. I think it's a brilliant idea. But there was a, sus- a suspicious sort of uh, product or a company that was using that multi-level marketing system or strategy to sell whatever it is that they were selling. And I remember getting a very uncomfortable feeling when this person said, "I've explained everything to you. You seem to understand. So what are you waiting for?" And I thought, hey, wait yeah. a second, wait a second. I'm waiting because I'm, I want to think it. about yeah. it, you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. l- give me a call. If you've been in that kind of situation and you actually signed on the dotted line because you felt so pressured by a very, very um, dominant salesperson or consultant, give me a call. How did you deal with it? I ultimately signed because I was just too stupid and weak. Uh, I, 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 I just felt like I felt really ambushed and I ended up signing and I lost a lot of money. Uh, could you be the one that uh, has been through this, a similar thing? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you on 11 as I speak to Mdu, Tutu's Lutuli Investment Manager at Lutuli Capital. We're talking about some of the eight important principles you need to know uh, in order to avoid being scammed by a too-good-to-be-true investment. Um, give us a call. Uh, rule number three, Mdu. Um, yeah, for sure. And just, uh, just quickly closing on, on number two, you yeah. know, uh, everyone who's been scammed always afterwards when they realize they've been scammed and they think back, it, it, they realize that had I just taken the time to ask a few questions, uh, it was all right there, the, yeah. the warning signs, but you were pressured. 
Um, going on to rule number three, it's about accessibility and being able to actually keep track of your money. So if what I mean by that is if you've placed money with an investor, with an investment manager or broker, there is, there is regulation in South Africa, investment regulations such as the FASE Act, that clearly stipulates how investors' funds should be collected, how they should be handled, and how they should be reported back to the investor. Yeah. If you have any suspicion about the placement of your investments or difficulty in terms of accessing uh, how your funds are invested, you may be dealing with a scam. Because you should be able to ask your broker investment manager for a report at any time, at any time. Uh, and, and that report must clearly detail where, what is the location of your funds. The broker or investment manager should be able to respond with precise figures, not roundabout figures. Yeah. They should be able to give you account numbers. They should be able to give you company names. Uh, and if instead you get a runaround about having to look it up and this lasts more than 20, 24 to 48 hours, then you may have a problem on your hands. Your money should be going to a reputable third party, uh, hopefully a licensed entity, uh, and they will they will be responsible for holding and ensuring that money is invested properly. If your advisor plans to hold and manage the money directly, I'm talking about things when they say, please put uh, your money in my personal bank account to quick thing to make things go quicker, uh, to make things easier. This is a big sign that this is a possible uh, investment scam. Sure, sure. Okay, next, yeah. uh, next, next principle. So next principle uh, talks about the paper trail. Um, get it in writing. So for someone who's peddling fraudulent investments, a request for written explanation can be a double turn. It can be a huge turn for them. Many crooks are really reluctant to put anything in writing. Uh, anything in writing that might cause them to run afoul of authorities or provide any material that at some future point might be used as evidence in a fraud trial. So if your intuition speaks to you, listen to it, change the direction if necessary. But even after speaking to an advisor and you're comfortable with anything, I always say, try and get it in writing because at least that paper trail, if something goes wrong, you've got something to refer to down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a call. If you've been scammed by a a, a Ponzi scheme, some sort of uh, pyramid scheme, this is the time to call. Tutuli is my guest. Would love to hear from you. Um, you, you know, one of the things do, uh, that I, that is coming out from a lot of people call, uh, sending me messages is the fact that sometimes you are you are connected, you are referred to mm. by somebody you love and respect to a yeah. scheme that is very very dangerous. I suppose without the knowledge of that person, because they themselves have been uh, deceived or uh, have been schemed. How how yeah. you know how do you deal with that? And that's very common. It's very common when you find uh, with, with uh, Ponzi schemes, especially because they sort of use that that referral technique where yeah. they get they get the few people in early and and they ensure that those people get their payouts to give the investment credibility. And they say, you see. We told you we can double your money in three months. Now go tell your family, your friends, etc. And when 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 something comes from your family or friends or someone sure. close, you think, well, surely this person wouldn't be trying to scam me. Yeah. Uh, and they say it worked out for them. Uh, and then and then I can go in there. And it's actually one of the principles uh, uh, that I, that that's on my list. What you also find, especially, is that they like using celebrities 
or trying to associate themselves with celebrities. And you think, oh, well, if so-and-so did it, yep. it must be valid, you know? So many ordinary people try to, to follow in the footsteps of successful investors and wealthy celebrities. You see a lot of them, uh, Warren Buffett, who's probably the most successful investor in our lifetime. Yep. He's famous for his brilliant investment choices. So if someone offers to sell you a share or a stock that Warren Buffett has purchased, you may, be natu- you may naturally be interested and if Warren Buffett really has bought that stock, then it may indeed be a good investment. But unless you actually go and check, which is the same thing you must do even if uh, the tip is coming from a family friend, a family member or a friend, you must actually go and, and check. Otherwise, how do you know it's not just a story? You know, how do you know that it's just not a story? Go do your research. Um, uh, and whoever is giving you this information could just be making it up to, to, to entice you and get you involved. And even if the story checks out, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should invest because an investment, as an example, that's appropriate for a billionaire like Warren Buffett might not exactly be appropriate for you as a normal investor. So again, uh, don't just go from third-party hearsay, be it a family family member or friend or even a celebrity and say, oh, well, if they're doing it, uh, it, it, it must be the real thing. It could even be the, the it could even be a real thing, a real investment, but it might not necessarily be a good investment for you. Looking at your circumstances. So be sober and be vigilant and understand your particular circumstances. They might not necessarily be the same as those of Warren Buffett. Hey, I'm um, too. <laughs> Give us a call, oh, double. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now nah, I get you, man. Yeah. I, I, I hear what you're saying. All right, the next, uh, the next principle. For sure. So the next one talks about, and and in, in, in a way ties back to our last point is, watch out for claims of insider information. Someone who's got the inside track or claims. Uh, that they know something about a company or a stock that the public doesn't know. As soon as you hear this, you should be immediately concerned uh, for two reasons. On the one hand, that claim may not be legitimate, and you should be suspicious uh, of any such assertion. Mm. On the other hand, if the claim is actually true, well, this is known as insider trading, and this is extremely illegal. Uh, And if you profit from that trade, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for a very long time because if someone finds out, if you investigate it, um, that's a criminal offense. Mm. So even if someone genuinely has insider information uh, on a stock or a company or an investment, um, I would say it's it's not wise proceeding on that because you're just opening yourself up to uh, litigation and a whole lot of risk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and those realities are real when they happen. I mean, I think a lot of us tend to think that ah, this happens only to people in the movies. Yeah, it's real stuff. It's for real. And the sad thing is, um, you know, when there are these insider trading, all all those sort of things, the big fish don't go to jail. Yeah, uh, it's just the little guys that that take the fall because uh, most of the times it's public pressure and for. For the for the prosecuting authority, they're under pressure just to send someone to jail, and they know it's easier to to, to go after the authorities who don't have proper legal legal advice and legal representation. So never 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 act on uh, inside track, inside information, or this hot stock that uh, information that I know that the public doesn't know. Just before yeah. we move on to the next principle, I, I, and I and I and I spoke about it last week. It came through in the conversation that we had. Uh, and in previous other conversations, there's a lot of people who 
are, I don't know whether I'm making the right statement or not, who are not aware of the inherent risk in investment. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And sometimes there's a confusion of investment with um, with with saving, uh, mm. and and then somebody invests, whether it's a legitimate or an illegitimate investment, but uh, gets to a point where sometimes that particular investment, for whatever market reasons, doesn't do very well, uh, then feels like they've been scammed because they lost some money. I, I, th- yeah. I think I think maybe you need to touch on the fact that guys, the moment you go into an investment, it's not the same as going into a savings account where you're guaranteed your money uh, unless it's stipulated that way from the word go, right? Yeah. Look, any any situation, whenever a situation is presented to you where it's, um, you have the opportunity to grow your money, just know that no matter what the person sitting in front of you is saying, uh, there is some level of risk. If they say there's no risk, it's either that person does not understand the risk or they're just blatantly lying to you. Even something as simple as a savings account at the bank, uh, there's inherent risk there because uh, best case scenario, your money not, was not tracking inflation, it's growing at a slow pace in inflation. So what you are losing there uh, is the opportunity cost in that your money, you might not, your money might not be depreciating at a rand value, meaning that if you put a hundred rand there a year later, it's still a hundred rand. Yes. But we know that because of inflation, it's not going to buy the same thing. So even putting money in a savings account, there is an inherent risk. Besides the fact that uh, the bank might actually shut down, and if the bank shuts down, well, sorry, uh, that that that's you know that's your money. Yeah. So I use yeah. that example because people always think like, well. I'm just going to put my money in the bank and it's safe. Yeah. Any opportunity that's presented to you um, with the promise of you making some sort of interest or growing your money, there is some sort of inherent risk. And whenever someone says to you, don't worry, this is a sure thing, it's 100% guaranteed, there's no risk, they're lying. Yeah. They're blatantly lying to yeah. you yeah. or that person genuinely does not even understand the inherent risk and they are going out telling people there's no risk, uh, not knowing what is natural, what is the what is the source box, what is the risk associated with this thing. Give us a call on 11883 Do you find yourself in any of those scenarios where you uh, were made to believe that um, if you invest in this particular uh, investment, you are sure for cash, it's, it's guaranteed. Well, there's never any absolute guarantee, I, I suppose, if we are talking about investment, if I understand mm-hmm. Dutuzi correctly. And uh, have you been approached to invest in something where familial relationships have uh, been used to make you make a, a particular choice or a decision? Give us a call. Were you burnt? Did it work out? I'd like to hear from people who, who, who succeeded. I remember years ago, Dutuzi. There was an investment mm. called Miracle 2000. <laughs> Papa! <laughs> you can already hear from me. <laughs> hey, let me tell yeah, you, there yeah. are people that are still reeling from that right now. I remember I was invited to a, a presentation of this thing, and it was, it was charismatic. I mean, it felt like going to church, man. I mean, we, man, I, I, I remember, I remember frothing at the mouth, man. Hey, it was so powerful. <laughs> 
But I tell you, a lot of people lost a lot of money. And, uh, and then somebody started yeah. a political party that was supposed to support this guy who was caught out. So, yeah, give us a call. 11883 is my guest. The next principal, do. Yeah, and just on that, before I move on, I remember before I started my business with my previous employer, yeah. um, uh, very late on, these were the early days of Triple M. Um, and Triple M was making oh, the rise. Just sent me, somebody just sent me something about Triple M. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was making the rise. It was the next hot thing. You know, it was going to revolutionize the investment world. Uh, and we went uh, on a TV interview and we plainly said, well, look, this has all the hallmarks of a Ponzi scheme. But then this is a Ponzi scheme. I promise you the next Monday, we couldn't even get into the office. The, the people representing this thing, uh, almost 50, 60 people had come to office, barricaded the front door, mm. uh, threatening to, to, to beat us up, saying we're jealous because our investments can't do the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. And, that, and that's when I saw then that, look, um, we can have this conversation, we can, we can send the information, we can say all we want, but um, the people, will always, people will always be attracted to, to scams and Ponzi schemes because, unfortunately, for most people, when they assess, is this investment uh, worth my time? The only thing they put any rates on is what is the potential return? Whereas when you're constructing an investment portfolio, the, re- the return is one part of it as a as opposed to the construction in terms of your whole wealth management yes. to say, what is this investment actually doing? You know, some investments are defensive, some are, are for growth, some are for hedging, et cetera, et cetera. There's many things that actually need to look at when deciding to want to invest in this. Yeah. Yeah. But for the layman on the streets, the only thing they ever put uh, any rate on is, what is my potential return? I've even had clients who withdraw from the investment accounts, and I'm like, uh, why are you withdrawing? Are you unhappy with, with, with my performance? And they say, no, uh, there's a new Ponzi scheme. I just want to get in early. I'll bring back the money in two months. So people go there knowing that this is a Ponzi scheme, but they're just like, well, let me try my luck. Um, and yeah. Uh, you know, you know, one of the one of the that. yeah one of the things I think we need to talk about is the personality traits of somebody who can get scammed by a particular type of um, investment presentation, and and I speak sure. for myself here, I'm too. Um, I, I I've been caught out a number of times, particularly by investment proposals that have a a community feel to them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 an investment uh, 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 proposal that ha- that says we the people. Oh. Yeah. And then yeah. there's the then there's the church music in the background. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we need to be very careful of that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember in this particular scheme that I was invited to at some point. How like there was clapping of hands and there was this lady was falling down and and people were coming in and I, man, I thought. Now this is the way to invest, you know. So yeah, we we gotta be we gotta be very very careful about those kinds of things, yeah. And look, as as, as the financial sector, as the financial world, we also got to shoulder some of the blame. Uh, I think we're also responsible for why Ponzi schemes continue to happen because we feel that the only way to show our clients that we can add value is to consistently prove to them how smart we are by hiding behind our jargon and our terms and our charts yeah. 
And that makes people then switch off to be like, well, I don't understand this. And, and people never want to engage with the investment world. And by doing that, it actually leaves that space open for those scammers who want to uh, take a chance and, and take advantage of people to, to, to come in there. Because they know that for the average man in the street, they're not really uh, investment savvy or, yeah. you know, they're not, they don't know the terms. So it doesn't take much. You just put a... Uh, a few charts and a few terms here, and the thing starts looking very, very legitimate. You know, in the investment industry, we've got something called um, uh, the red list. Um, That's not the official word for it. It's just a nickname for it. But uh, briefly speaking, it's all the investment or financial professionals who get debarred. Um, And I promise you, if I could send you this thing, um, it's shocking. It's really shocking, and these are people who are who are licensed. You know, who have a license from 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 the FCA, yeah. who are taking advantage of uh, of clients. And and nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten, when you ask these people, look, you had a good business. Why did you do this to to your client? It was simply because the opportunity presented itself, because the level of financial literacy uh, in our country is so low that uh, if someone is running a legitimate business and, they, and they're struggling and they just see an opportunity that, look, um, if I want to have a good month, I just need to go sit in front of people and start making ridiculous promises uh, in terms of what I can do for them. Because no one actually, um, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, very few people actually want good advice. Yeah. Very few people actually want to hear that this is going to take you 30 to 40 years, you know, because they want a solution that will change their lives, change their situation in the next three to five years, not 30 to 40 years. Um, and when when you come and you're giving good advice and you're just being very realistic to say, listen, I'm, I'm not a magician. Uh, I'm not a miracle maker. We can do this thing, but it's going to be uh, slow and steady. It's going to be very boring. It's not the casino. And then people are turned off, unfortunately. Um, it, 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 appears and, to me, it appears to me, too, that... Uh, it's not so much about a particular character trait than it is about scammers' ability to hone in on what you believe is credible, whether it is your relatives, whether it is your pastor, whether it is the big names. Uh, mm. Michelle Nell has just sent me a message to say that watch out for the guaranteed products offered by the big guys. You know, the big guys, I'm not going to name name their names. I might lose my job. So these uh, offer the performance of the best whatever and guarantee you none of the downside. I took two and made zero returns. Stick to unit trusts, says Michelle Nell. I would imagine that even unit trusts need to be uh, taken with a pinch of salt, yeah? Yeah, even some of these guaranteed uh, products, you know, I won't necessarily say it's a scam. I don't think they're a scam, but they are... Uh, the bells and whistles are sold, you know, like like the like the listener says, the 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 investor gets told, don't worry, no downside risk, guaranteed upside. There's no such thing. It's always if you read the if you read the fine print, potential, uh, potential, uh, high, potential of a of a very good upside. Yeah. If one two three happens, you know, but then you get the advisor sitting in front of the client saying. Put your money, forget about it. When you come back in, in three years or five years, uh, we would have doubled it. Where the terms are there, you know, the yeah. terms are there. Yeah. To say, look, on page two, it says if this happens, you get the return. But if that doesn't happen, uh, you, you get your money back. A lot of these uh, uh, products that will guarantee the upside, 
what they do with the downside protection, as an example, they say, look, we're tracking the index. Uh, most of them like to to follow the European or American markets. And they say, if it's positive after a certain period, then we'll give you this return. But if it's not positive, uh, we'll just simply give you your money back. But when that product is sold to a client, it's, it's don't worry, come back in two years and you, this, this return is guaranteed. Instead of explaining how do you actually earn the return. Or even on the downside, when it says you have full capital protection, a lot of them, it'll say, we will protect your money, but if the index we're tracking uh, doesn't drop by more than 30 or 40%, uh, as an example. Because they, they, they're basically saying, don't worry, your money's protected unless the market crashes. Then we feel that's too much risk for us, and you're going to realize that loss. Uh, and the documents are there. And um, clients also need to ask themselves, because you get sent a record of advice, you get sent a policy schedule. How many of us, after we've signed and we've signed an investment and we get sent a policy schedule uh, and it's 12, 15 pages, do we sit down and say, let me actually read, read some of this stuff thing, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and find out if what I'm do actually told me is the truth. Yeah, you know, because, yeah. um, look, we, we, put our, we put our faith in our advisor, and that's what I'm saying. It's, some, it's a conversation we had sure. months ago about being a fiduciary, about taking the responsibility and knowing that most clients, if you say do this, clients will put faith in you and they'll say, I trust him do. Yeah. So if he says this is a good thing, um, I trust him and, 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 I'll, and I'll do that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, look... We got a couple of calls. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We got got a couple of calls that I want to get through, and I know we've got a few more. How many more principles do we want to go through? Uh, It's just two more. Two more. Okay. Great stuff. Very quickly. Okay. Let me. Okay. Do you want to go through them, or or do you do you want to take these two calls? Uh, You know, let's take the let's take the call. All right. TP is in Johannesburg. Hi, TP. Hi. Yeah. Go for it, TP. What is on your mind, sir? Okay, I, I want to go from uh, yes because he said uh, apparently these types of investment have got a risk most of them or, or all of them if yes. I put it that way yes now I want to know if because I've heard that there's also in capital investment known as guaranteed return and guaranteed investment and if do does he also say if I put a money let's say lump sum money for the period of five years in a guaranteed return, does it also stand the risk of not, not getting it as it was guaranteed on the date the quotation has been done? Yep. Good question, TPM2. Guaranteed returns, is there such a thing? So there is such a thing. Usually with guaranteed products, you get two types. Either the guaranteed return won't actually be anything amazing. So maybe uh, over five years, you guaranteed like a 40% return, which is very similar to what you would have gotten anyways if you were just in a, in, a, in a normal investment. And in that case, it's for someone maybe who is very old or close to retirement who's saying, listen, uh, I want a fair return, but I want it to be guaranteed. But just know that you're paying for that. You know, when you, when you start looking at the fees of that product, you'll see that they're a lot higher than a normal investment, if I can put it that way. If you have these investments where it's a guaranteed investment return and it's a really, really good yield, it's a, usually, it's a really high yield, most of the times that guaranteed return is linked to some sort of uh, uh, occurrence. Usually it's, we guarantee this return if X, Y, Z happens. 
you know. Yeah. So whoever the issuer is, the provider is also they're hedging their best to say, look, if if these things happen, definitely we'll give you a high return. But if that doesn't happen, we'll just give you your money back. So they are guaranteed products, and it's just understanding. Uh, which in which bucket this falls, and if it's if it's just a, if it's a good return but nothing ridiculous, you're just usually being charged more to ensure that you actually get that return. So you you're paying for for uh, you're paying for that guarantee to ensure that you get the return. If it's a high yield, that guarantee is usually linked to some sort of uh, occurrence, and that's what you need to understand. Lithuanolo is in Omonde. Hi, Lithuanolo. Hey, bro, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Lithuanolo, what's on your mind, my brother? What's your question? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if you can assist me. There's a new one called uh, Leo. It's more like a network marketing type where apparently you invest money from there. You have to recruit two, three more people. So apparently the underlying investment is something to do with unocurrency and stuff like that. So William Tutu doesn't know anything about it. <laughs> we got into trouble about these currencies, yeah. especially these cryptocurrencies. Let's yeah. go on the last week. But I'm going to let him do handle himself here. Yeah? Go ahead and do. I will, I will uh, gracefully sidestep that and say uh, I don't know anything about him. <laughs> I don't know anything about him. I'm, I'm not a cryptocurrency expert, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry I can't provide more information than that. But no, I've never heard of them and... Quite honestly, jokes aside, I've never heard of them, and I don't know anything about them. Yeah. See, uh, Letona, look, here's the thing, and I'm going to step out, and and I'm not going to I'm okay. not going to speak to you as a, as an expert. I'm I'm simply saying to you this: yes. just do your homework, just really do your homework, and be 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 cynical almost in the way that you demand answers about whatever it is. Uh, and I'll leave it there because, yeah, there's some very powerful people out there that didn't like what Ndutuzi mm-hmm. and I had to say about <laughs> that particular place. Uh, Letonolo in Ormonde, thanks very much for your call. The really powerful people, him, do. Yo, Joy is in Johannesburg. Hi, Joy. Good day. Good evening, Aubrey. Yeah, good, good evening, evening to you, Joy. Go ahead, sir. Yes, uh, I just want to share uh, a principle that I had on 702. Way back early, I think it was in the early 90s, there was yes. a guy called Magnus Haystack. Yes. Financial advisor. Yes. And the one thing that he taught me uh, over the years was that I'd be suspicious of the returns. If the returns are too high, even in uh, legitimate uh, uh, funds, so should the, uh, so is the risk. If the returns are too high, you should know that even the risks are too high. Yeah. Now, uh, look at this one. Like the Miracle 2000, it happened right exactly uh, even where I, I, I used to work. There were guys peddling uh, Miracle 2000. But then what used to guide me was that if I can double this money in three weeks, yeah. so it tells me that the returns are too high. So yeah. I, 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 so the risk I must be high to too, yeah. So uh, even for this one order, I think uh, that's what you should check. If the returns are too high, then you should know even the risk is too high. Yeah. It, it, that's, I think, uh, happened even in JSE. If the returns in JSE are too high, yes, you're going to get your money, but you should know also the risk is too high. Joy, thanks Thank very you. much. Thank you very much. Great advice there. Yeah, I remember him too. Uh, uh, it felt like church, man, and we were talking about money. Yeah, we were saying, oh, yes, oh. <laughs> and I thought to myself, Margandiso, is this church or are we doing? Anyway, sorry, dude, those last two principles. It was, principles, my bro. 
Yeah, it is the land of milk and honey. Yeah. And you know, a very important principle you touched on there, even as an investment manager, one of the risk management processes that uh, I've put through is that before I invest in, uh, in a stock or a fund, uh, no matter how strong the investment case is, I always go out of my way to find someone in the industry who absolutely does not believe in that stock or fund. And that's when you can learn a lot yeah. um, about that thing. Try and find someone out there who who has the exact opposite view that you have. Yeah. And you will, learn, you will learn a lot from them. Find out why is this person so against this investment, so against this stock, this fund, or whatever it is. What is it that I am not seeing yes. if I'm so convinced that this is such an awesome uh, investment opportunity? Yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, just, to, just to close out the, um, the next principle is ignore claims uh, of the popularity of the investment. So something you're touching on now here is the group community. So beware of claims that uh, you should invest in any opportunity just because many other people are doing it. Regardless of the number of people who are investing in something, even if those allegations are true, this is not evidence that the investment is sound or even legitimate. You should continue to ask for evidence uh, of the history of this particular product investment, just as you would any other investment. And it um, doesn't matter who is mm. saying, just keep doing your homework. Yeah? Just keep doing your homework. Just, just keep doing your homework. Just ask, yeah. ask, ask, and ask. You know, even if, even if you ask 200 questions, you end up investing and you get burnt. At least you can walk away from that saying, listen, um, that was a really good scam because, man, I did my homework. I, I, I asked, I researched, and everything panned out. But it's also understanding that just because an investment doesn't work out doesn't necessarily mean it, it's, it's a scam. Sometimes investments don't work out, and people go into investments just always assuming that I'm going to make money out of this. Sometimes things just go south. It's no fault of anyone. It wasn't a scam. It's just that uh, bad timing or the, the fundamentals changed. And, and that's a part of investing. It's the, it's the ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Ndu. Uh, um, lots of people asking me, uh, for example, Nikki is asking you, hello, doesn't do do training presentations to help us understand investing in detail. Is there yeah. any future prospects for that kind of training from your side, Ndu? You know, I used to do those things, but um, I got very disappointed by people because people would ask, please do training, please hold seminars. And then you do hold the seminars and then nobody pitches. Um, And then you end up with, you've incurred a cost uh, and you've got an egg on your face and uh, and you look like an idiot. So I used to hold those things. I don't anymore. And if someone wants to try and convince me to try and do it again, uh, I'm happy to hear the march, but uh, there's nothing planned for the near future. We'll now. talk soon, too. We'll t- yes, <laughs> you need a proper vehicle, bro. All right, listen, do. Thanks very much. I really appreciate uh, you coming along. Really, really love talking to you about these kinds of things. Let's talk, let's talk again next week. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Do Lutuli, uh, investment manager at Lutuli Capital. It's